Congratulations. You made it to the exfil. You can sit back and relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us on that journey. Hideout keeping this week, I just want to talk about the sponsorship for the show, or support for the show, or whatever you want to call it. And first of all, I just wanted to thank all of you who sent a message, who dropped by Twitch, congratulating us on getting that sponsorship. It felt really cool, and it's awesome to have that support. And there were some questions about it, so what I wanted to say really quickly is we anticipate, we hope and want to have additional partners come in. And truth be told, we've had a number contact us that we've turned down. So quality is very important to us. And more importantly, I wanted to say, don't feel obligated, but know that using our codes on these products goes a very long way towards supporting the show. So I really just hope that if you're in the market for any of the partnerships that we end up setting up, I hope that you'll consider using our codes or at least think about it or looking into the codes we have because honestly, we'd appreciate it. But more than that, we appreciate you. We appreciate your support. And we hope that we have more discounts for you guys coming up in the near future. So with that in mind, thank you. And support for this week's show again comes from manscaped.com. For all of your personal grooming needs, use code XFIL at checkout and receive 20% off and free shipping. That's code XFIL, E-X-F-I-L, for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So in addition to using the codes and the partnerships that we set up in the future, the absolute best way to support the show, as always, is to share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who's new to the game looking for support, looking for a group, doesn't really matter. If they're interested in this game and they're looking for a home, let them know about the XP Media Discord. Let them know about the podcast. Welcome them in. Outside of that, we have a direct support option through Patreon. And lastly, it's just following our social channels, engaging with us there, engaging with us on YouTube. And if you're looking for me specifically, I do stream a few days a week on Twitch at MTB Trigger. I'm also on Twitter as well. And the best way to just have a private conversation or a public one on the XP Media Discord is through Discord. So that's how you can get in touch with me. But Ronald, how are you, man? And let these fine folks know how they can get in touch with you, man. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to another uh, show this week. The best way to get in touch with me is always on Discord. Send me a DM, tag me in a message. I've had a couple of people reach out to me this week and say, oh, do you mind if I tag you in a message or whatever? And I absolutely think that's awesome. Go ahead, do that. MTB and I do not get annoyed or anything. We love talking to you guys. So send us a DM, tag us in a message. And we'll get back to you, maybe not that exact date, but we will get back to you. We actively work to get back to everyone that sends us a message. There's a hardware section in Discord that I'm pretty active in. We want to help you with your PCs. We want to help you figure out how your PCs are running, how we can make the games run better for you. There's common things that everybody can configure to get some easy wins, and we want to be here to support that. So check out 
the hardware section that's in Discord. We've got guides up for PUBG and for Tarkov specifically for those games. But a lot of the settings honestly translate to a number of different games. I'm pretty active in that particular section of Discord. If you have a question about your computer, if something's not running right, go ahead, tag me in the question, and we'll see what we can do about it. A special thank you, actually, to the few people that are also active in that particular section of the Discord. We've got some folks that are answering questions as well that are knowledgeable, and it's great. It's great to see the community coming together to help each other, and um, that's exactly what we were hoping for when we created that section in Discord. Other than that, I'm on Twitter, at Ronald Gaming. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter. I also hang out in MTB Trigger stream on twitch.tv slash MTB Trigger in the afternoons a couple of days a week, just hanging out, talking with people. And outside of that, if you have something more formal that you need to get to us, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. That's xpmedia2020 at gmail.com if what you need to get to us is not something that you want to send over Discord. Awesome, man. Well, that uh, that wraps up hideout keeping, and I'm going to put you on the spot because as we get into how our weeks were in Tarkov, you started telling me about a crazy raid that you had this last week, and I'm hoping to get more detail and just have you talk about that raid. So I'm excited to hear more about it, but I'm, I'm going to have you kick this one off with your uh, with your raid story. Oh boy, here we go. So I've been trying to get a task done on Woods, a task that I have to head down to the ambulance, the car that's on the beach, and pick up the blood sample for a therapist. It's been rough trying to get that task done, to be honest. So I've tried several times unsuccessfully this week to get it done. And then I've gone back to other things, you know, because it's just a few pound your head up against Woods for a little bit. It's always fun to go back to something that you're good at. So one particular run that I had this week was incredibly memorable. I thought, well, I'm going to try this at night because I have higher options of getting around woods at night. And I do think that if you're going to have really any chance, night is probably the best option, but it still was pretty challenging. So let me set up the scenario here. I spawned in on the right side of the map, right on the water. So right around where the boat or dead man's places in that area. I spawned in, I'm looking basically on the right side of the lumber camp, and I'm I'm heading along the coast. I figured I'm going to make my way around that big rock that's kind of on the coast by the lumber camp. You got to kind of push up, and then you can kind of push back down again. And I thought, you know, I really am only interested in getting this task done. So I figured I'm going to work my way through this part of the map. I hear fighting all over the place. It's not like I heard distance fighting. I heard fighting kind of all over the place. Now, there were some scavs fighting with each other, and I picked off a couple of scavs along the way. I was using a suppressed AKM, and so it was pretty quiet as far as uh, what I was doing. And then I, I made my way up to the rock, and then I just tar- I started taking fire from three different directions. And I'm like, oh, crap. So did I either did I run into raiders, right? Because that's a possibility. Or did I run into a three-man team? Or, you know, am I getting third partied with uh, a scav or something. So I I get hit kind of bad, but I'm able to run back down again because before I went up to the top of the rock, I had hit some painkillers because I just kind of expected that it was going to get a little rough. I ran back down again and I'm I'm healing up, use a propital, heal up. I get myself healed up maybe 75% and I start taking fire again. And I've got night vision on, so I'm looking up the hill now. So I'm on the lumber camp side of the big rock down by the water, looking up underneath the pine trees. 
and I see one of the guys shooting at me. So I shoot at him, immediately kill him. Now, another person is still shooting at me. So I'm, I'm, down, I'm down one and I'm like, okay, I might have a chance here. I pop up. I have a broken leg, but I still have the propotol. And so I, I ran a little bit down and I popped prone again and I caught the other guy. I got another guy who was shooting at me. And I'm like, okay, I might have a chance of winning a close quarters PVP match here, which is not something that I'm great at, but I definitely killed two PMCs. And so the third PMC took like another 15 seconds and I didn't know he was there because he stopped firing. So I thought, okay, I'm going to heal. So I start healing and this guy starts firing down, raining down bullets from the top of the hill, firing down at me towards my head. I'm looking up, I'm looking around. I find him, I spray, but I didn't have time to reload. I only had like four or five bullets left in my magazine and that was the end of it. And so I missed and I died. And it was really interesting kind of reflecting back on it because I was kind of frustrated, but then I thought, I just ran into a 1v3 of Thick Boys on Woods and I did some damage. And so I actually, I was kind of okay. It was interesting. I think that's awesome, man. I, I was actually talking with someone today about how they had their first 1v2 PvP win. And it's funny because in Tarkov, even a 1v1 win is a big deal, <laughs> you know? So as soon as you add in the multiplier 1v2, 1v3, I mean, that's just crazy that you were probably a couple bullets from from taking that fight. And I guess one of the things you said, you mentioned that part of it was kind of a close quarters situation and, and they were kind of spread out. But I remember last week we had done some factory raids and we were working on close quarters combat. I was working on pressing people and you were just working on engaging in close quarters combat. And I remember one of the things that we were kind of practicing was rather than coming around corners and then ADSing, it was kind of like clearing angles while ADSed. Have you used that? Did that come into play here? I'm just really curious on that because it was kind of a, a profound moment for both of us as we were working through that specific tactic. So there's two things that came into play. So I'm using a Valde. So I used the Valde just on the 1x setting. And so I was ADS coming around the rock just looking. And I had to change my mouse sensitivity around because my mouse sensitivity was set way too sensitive when I was ads And so it was hard to aim because I kept moving around too quickly. So that was one problem I actually didn't realize until after this whole scenario was over. But during the actual fight itself, absolutely. I've been working on staying ADS, running around, and then sneaking around and clearing an area while ads and incorporating that into um, the way that I came around that scenario. And so the, I, initially I saw the first guy while ads and because I was ADS, I lit him up. And so got him. The, the, the second guy I ran was not ADS and just looking. I didn't have a thermal, so I just had NVG. So I'm just looking kind of in this green mush to try to find out who's shooting at me. I don't know if they had thermals or not. I, I actually don't think so. Because if they did, I think it would have died a lot quicker. The second guy was walking down the hill like he didn't know where I was. So I don't think they had thermals. I think they just got the jump on me. It was what it was. So again, in that scenario, I was actually prone when I killed him. I was prone and ADS'd at the bottom of the hill when I killed him. The third guy, I was ADS'd and crouched looking around because I had to find him. And I couldn't be prone because I just couldn't see up the hill 
yeah. from the exact spot that I was. So clearing while being ADS is definitely something I have been working on. Awesome. Well, and <laughs> I want to talk about too the mouse sensitivity thing, and I'm going to explain this as kind of a trap. Because one of the things that happens, and Tarkov is probably the biggest offender, I think people come from all genres of games in Tarkov, and the thing that can feel like it's happening when you're starting this game, or even getting into just learning a new map, even if you've been playing a while, is you feel like you get shot from 180 degrees or 90 degrees all the time. And the trap can be, oh, I need to either raise my sensitivity or work on my flick aim or right those things that you see in other FPS games. And even in those games, it's kind of a trap because really you want a lower sensitivity. And I think it's really cool that, that you've made this change because this is a much bigger change than I think you're letting on. Because over time, I think as map knowledge comes into play and as you get more comfortable in FPS, if you go look up something called eDPI or effective DPI, which if you've never heard that before, it's basically what your in-game settings and the DPI on your mouse basically equate to. Most players will end up with a very low eDPI, meaning you have to move your hand a good way across your mouse pad to do big swings on the screen. And the reason for that is to be more pinpoint accurate, but it takes a lot more movement. And so it can be very advantageous to have quick flick aim. But if you're doing that through high mouse sensitivity, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage in situations like close quarters combat or long range fighting. When you see a guy and you're trying to get your cursor over their head, you could be adding milliseconds or seconds to your aim time when a lower DPI would allow you to zero that in a lot quicker. So if anyone's struggling with this or feeling like you need to raise your sensitivity because you're getting shot at from multiple angles, I just want to encourage you that as you gain more map knowledge, I think you will find that you need the flicking less and less. You will always get scared in this game. It happens to me still. I get jump scared at least once, if not twice, per play session. And yeah, you have to react in those scenarios. But for the for the great majority of the encounters I get into, I'm working on crosshair placement and looking towards where the greatest threats are so that I don't have to move my mouse a lot. So I think that that's a really big deal that you just talked about. And to me, it speaks to the fact that you are probably getting, you know, I know there's maps that you are super comfortable on, but that speaks to me and says that, and I guess this is a question, are you feeling comfortable now getting into those close quarters fights? Um, well, I mean, no. <laughs> uh no but that doesn't mean that i'm not afraid to do it so it, it kind gotcha, of turns okay. into a situation of i'm not afraid of it so i do it anyways the interesting thing about just slowing down my mouse speed in general it allowed me to have such a higher level of precision when strafing back and forth so i could still remain accurate while i was strafe adsing back and forth and that was something I was having a lot of trouble with because people would say, well, you just need to strafe back and forth in ADS. And I'm like, well, but my aim is all over the place. Like it's just way all over the place. And when I cut the mouse sensitivity down by like 75%, all of a sudden I could strafe back and forth and they were missing and I wasn't. And that is a huge, huge thing that I just didn't understand. 
And, you know, you can say, how could you possibly not know that? Well, I mean, you can hear it, but I guess I had never experienced it in a way that was meaningful to me. And I have now. And so that has been a huge change this week. And we'll get into it later in the show as we talk about some different things. But that, that's that been a huge change for me this week. And I've really, I've really had some improvement in my uh, close quarters play. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would say that I've had that conversation in every FPS I've played all the way back to Counter-Strike and Team Fortress Classic, Call of Duty as you name it, in that it's a trap. I really believe it's a trap because sometimes you see somebody in a death cam or a replay or a YouTube video doing these crazy like flick shots and stuff like that. And the trap is saying, oh, I could do that if I increase my sensitivity, but it's actually the opposite it's becoming more accurate with lower sensitivity. So that's really cool. And and you said something that's critical. I mean, when you're ADSing and moving or you're spraying, you know, the higher your sensitivity, the more variance you have to that motion. So with the lower sensitivity, having that steadying of not whipping around with your mouse, that's that's got to feel good too. So that's again, as as a longtime FPS player, I just I take that for granted and I just I love the conversation because I I just got to imagine there's somebody out there who hasn't tweaked their mouse settings in a long time and probably experiencing the same thing. Like, why why can't I strafe and shoot like everybody who kills me, right? And it happens to me all the time, too, and I'll still whiff, but that's great. That's really cool. I, mean, I did it on Factory just today in a scav run because I had things set up differently. I was hanging out behind the uh, blue dumpster and someone came back there and was strafing back and forth and they just missed me because I was strafing as well, but was able to change my aim while strafing. It totally has changed for the better my close quarters PVP. And it's really interesting too, because I realized that I was doing a lot of the correct things, but my ability to execute on what I knew I had to do was compromised because of the way that my mouse was set up. It reminded me back in Warcraft where people would say, stop using your keyboard to turn around and use your mouse to turn around because it makes such a huge difference in your ability to do things. And that's a game where I take that for granted because to me, that's just as natural. And this is that big of a change. So if you're out there and you play World of Warcraft or any kind of MMO that's an RPG-based MMO, you can understand what that analogy really means. But it's huge. It's absolutely huge to gameplay, and if you have not adjusted your mouse sensitivity settings and you're having trouble just getting accurate shots in close quarters situations, just try cutting it by half and then go on a scav run. See what happens. The worst that happens is you put it back. Try cutting it by half and go on a scav run. I think it's, I think it's a huge change and one that has got to be a common thing for people who don't play lots and lots of FPS. Like If you're not an FPS junkie, like if you don't spend all your time switching between COD, PUBG, Tarkov, you know, Fortnite or whatever else you're going to play. If Fort if Tarkov is your only FPS game and you primarily play other games, then this might be something you really want to take a look at. Yeah, and I I think Tarkov has a similar characteristics that PUBG does in that there is a tremendous amount of people that built computers or this was the first time they've come back to PC gaming to play this game. And because of that, mouse settings are are critical because you may set something that feels good, but then two months down the road, you've gained all this map knowledge and all this stuff, and maybe you're still losing PvP fights. It's worth revisiting your sensitivities, your key bindings. Are you actually using lean? Are you actually using all of the tools that the game has for you in combat? So yeah, just a just a great, great topic. 
Yeah. And especially if you're coming from console back to PC or maybe coming from console to PC for the first time, these are going to be settings and the ability to customize this level of input that you're probably not used to. In console, you just can't, you can change it a little bit, but you can't change it as much as you can on a PC. So definitely something that you you want to take a look at. Well, now that everyone knows that I think wood sucks, how was your week in in Tarkov, Trigger? (laughs) (laughs) And going through the whole settings menu, right? Um, uh, It's starting out great, I'll say, this week in Tarkov. And I guess what's happened with me is the last few weeks I've spent a tremendous amount of time helping other people do tasks or running things they want to run and trying to learn new strategies, trying to learn new play styles. And in between that, I've been doing my normal money runs on factory and interchange, just playing how I like to play. But helping other people do tasks kind of motivated me to do some of my own because I I don't know exactly where I am in the task system, but you know, I did the thick weapons case and the thick items case tasks, and I really wasn't after Kappa, but then helping some other people, like we were doing some tasks for you the other day, and I was like, you know what, maybe I should just work some of these down, and and not to get Kappa done, but just to kind of give me another thing to do. And so I decided to jump back into that, and today, uh, while I was streaming, I jumped on and decided to just do some tasks that I had been avoiding and primarily on the shoreline map because a lot of them were in resort or you had to go to the resort and the pier and the villa all in one raid. And I just, I, I had been avoiding them. So I jumped on to do that and had a, had a, uh, the first raid I died on it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to gear up different. I'm going to go MP7. I'm going to play my play style and I'm just going to play a little more aggressive and try to take closer fights. And I ended up getting five shoreline tasks done in two raids, and it led to me getting the task, the guide. And if you haven't made it that far down in the tasks, don't worry, you'll get to enjoy the guide soon enough. And the guide requires you to basically complete every raid or map and survive each one without dying. So you have to do them consecutively in any order you want without dying. So If you die in one of the raids, you have to start over. It resets all of the maps and you have to survive all of them. So the reason I said this week started out great is I got those shoreline tasks done. And then because I can't help myself and I already had an MP7, I loaded into factory, had a great raid on factory. Then I was like, okay, let's keep tasking. That's what I set out to do today and ended up going to woods to do the fuel stash planting task. Got some of that done, X-filled successfully. And then at this point, I became really aware that I had completed two of the maps that I am least familiar with or like the least in Shoreline and Woods. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to kill PMCs at night, so I'm going to go do Customs. That went well, X-Filled successfully. Went and did Reserve. That went well, X-Filled successfully, leaving me with Interchange and Labs. And I didn't really want to end on Labs, so I'm like, okay. I wasn't really trying to do the guide, but I want to go and get labs done because if I complete it, that just leaves interchange. So I go into labs and just had this insane raid. I started in the basement. I was in the section that I don't know well at all, and I can't even really explain to you where I was, but I had to kind of stalk around for like five minutes until I got to the hallway with the metal floor that led to the uh, one of the elevator exfills and i ended up running into three raiders 
there was a PMC yelling at me on the other side of the wall in the beginning of the map. I end up fighting these raiders outside of the dark hallway with the big pipes running through it in that next like engine room, I think I would call it. And I shot a bunch of bullets, forgot to reload, almost died to the first one, had to reload, pop up Propital, ended up taking down the next two raiders, and then another set of raiders spawned in. So I closed the doors, get the loot. Somebody had already hit the elevator, uh, turning on the elevator. And I heard them run up the stairs earlier while I was sitting trying to take out these raiders. So I looted and see the green on button for the elevator. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can get out. So I ended up exfilling. And that's where I had to end the raid because it was after five o'clock at that point and I had to get off. So I'm sitting here right now in probably the most torn I've ever been because I get so excited to record. Like I love recording the show. Like I always look forward to it. But I have one raid left and it's on interchange which is my favorite map and it's the last one i need for the guide but we're recording tonight so i'm sitting here with one map left to get the guide done after getting all of the other ones sequentially done solo with no help so i'm like i'm pumped man i want to get it done but it's going to be uh tomorrow when i when i get some time in the afternoon so good start great start (laughs) you know so um yeah that's kind of how how my week's gone, I'm pretty excited to see if I can't get the guide done on the first try. You know, you, you, you said something at the end of yours. So let's let's go back to Woods for a minute because I had some interesting experience there that I kind of glossed over during my guide situation. But your raid kind of, uh, <laughs> your, raid, your raid experience on Woods, you said Woods sucks. And that's, <laughs> that's like my, that's my feeling about Woods right now. Woods sucks. <laughs> I don't like it right now. Do you, I mean, you said the same thing. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, it sucks. There's just no way around <laughs> it. I'm sure that there are people that absolutely love it. You know, I mean, it's it's their jam. And I get that. You know, and that's that's cool. I just have been having a hard time surviving. It doesn't really matter if I do it in the day or if I do it at night. It's, it's, it's tough to make my way around. And the PMCs that play woods all the time, you guys are... Uh, very good at it. You know all the cheeky angles. You know where everybody goes. You know how to clear those angles pretty consistently. And it's a totally different experience than it was in the beginning of the wipe. Because we did play some woods a couple months ago in the beginning of the wipe. And it was it was fun. It was great. And then we both have kind of not done much on woods, you know, until now. And so now that we're pretty far along in the wipe, it's it's pretty rough. Oh, pretty rough is an understatement. I think Woods, at the beginning of the wipe, and this was our first experience at the beginning of a wipe, Woods was my favorite map. Like, I had so much fun doing the early tasks that took me to Woods. And it was just like the craziest PvP. Sherman would ruin things. Killing raiders early was cool. But there was never this feeling of being exposed anywhere on the map. And, I mean, I I say Woods sucks, like, kind of as a joke, but, like, deep down like I really feel like wood sucks right now because it just seems like the opposite of of most maps to me you know like I had to survive for the guide and it was in the back of my mind it wasn't the primary reason that I was on woods but I I thought about it I'm like okay well if I need to survive on woods what does that look like and I had to actually really think this out because when I do go on woods I like to go to the lumber camp and fight Sherman or try to get Sherman and his guards 
But I die a lot when I try that. So I'm like, okay, well, I kind of have to avoid lumber camp. And truth be told, I feel like a lot of people know how to clear out the entire perimeter of this map, right? If you run down to the coast, you are at the end of the like at the end of the wipe or in the, you know, middle end of the wipe, wherever you think we are right now. If you go down to the coast, there's a good chance that on either side, there's a sniper that's looking at that coastline. So it's not exactly safe there. And then you have this tight choke point between the lumber camp and the wall. And you have guys that know these how to jump up on the rocks and know all the angles to shoot from. So like it is not it. There's just like no safe passageways. Again, I mean, I joke about it, but I'm like, what's kind of sucks right now for someone that doesn't know it very well. And so as I was planning it out, I'm like, okay, if I go on the perimeter, I die a lot on the perimeter. And if I go through lumber camp, I die a lot there if Sherman's there. And so what I decided to do is I actually decided to do it as a night raid. You know, because if I get some PMC kills, great. It counts towards my nighttime PMC kill task. But what I did is I actually, you know, cleared a little bit up the perimeter and I spawned in near Scav House. And then I cut across the road where the vehicle is, you know, as I'm heading towards the middle of the map. And I sort of wrapped through the middle of the woods, like in the middle, thinking like PMCs, they station on the rocks, they station on the perimeter, and they just kind of wait for people to move around or they have their spot and they go snipe there. And I feel like the safest place is like in the flatlands, through the woods, or even through the wide open, open area. And so I cut down straight across the middle and then went below the lumber camp to the big rock. And then I just wrapped across the beach as quickly as I could. And then I moved back up into the woods and then ended up crossing the wide open field. Because again, I just don't think that's places that people are expecting other players to rotate, which is so weird. Because the middle of the map on every other map, like the lanes in the middle are so concentrated and there's loot runs and there's marked rooms and there's all these other things in the middle of the map, but Woods is kind of the opposite. So I don't know, it worked for me, I survived, but it's like Woods is stressful, man, (laughs) because oftentimes I have no idea where I'm even getting shot from on that map. Yeah, I've tried to work my way down the back fence and ended up running into a couple of PMCs along the way there. You know, and it's not like I die every time. I cleared out some PMCs in the back of woods and then ended up getting killed by, you know, either a raider or a pretty thick boy in the middle on that run. Another run, I spawned kind of in the middle in the back and I ended up uh, taking out the sniper scav and then working my way through and getting killed over by like the ZB-16 area, which is on the left side of the map there. And all in all, I I was trying just to get to the car to get the blood sample. So it's not like I was really storming into fights looking for things. I'm working my way around. I'm playing slow, listening, you know, for footsteps, tree branch movement. I'm listening for scavs, using scavs as bait that I can hear. So I'm using scavs that are alive and making noise. I'm not, you know, saying anything. I'm just listening for what the scavs do to see if they react to PMCs around them. It's just always long range shots and you're dead, with the exception of maybe two or three out of seven attempts now in in this past week, Uh, zero for seven on woods. And so I I just, it's fine. I'm I'm not mad or salty about it, to be honest with you. It's just, I don't care about that task and I really don't care about Kappa. So I'm just not going to do the task or do the other tasks that are on Woods. And I probably won't play it much for the rest of the wipe unless I get bored at the end. And I really 
don't care about what I take in and lose, but I probably am just not going to play it much, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's in the, a weird spot, right? Because unlike some of the other maps where close quarters is a thing, you know, learning those maps is very different. You know, you can run to an area and then even a suppress shot, you can kind of hear where it was. So you can kind of pinpoint how you died. But half the time I die in woods, I don't even hear the shot because it's from so far away and it's suppressed. And so it's just in an interesting spot. And I'm hoping that that's why it's been identified for a rework. And I'm I'm really hoping we get that soon. You know, it was talked about coming in between the patch that we just had a few weeks ago and the next patch, you know, so this could very well be on the way. And it makes me really hope that they're adding another lane or another major rotation zone through the middle of the map or just something that adds some flavor that people want to go check out because customs now is in such good shape. It's 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 one of my favorite maps now because of the expansion. And truth be told, I don't spend a lot of time in the expanded area. I still stick to the places I know and I'll venture in there, but it just changes my mindset. It changes your, you know, options that you have. And I'm just hoping for the same thing on Woods because I think Woods is probably one of the hardest maps to learn because a lot of the times it's long range combat at this point in the wipe. And it, it changes so radically from the beginning of the wipe when no one has scopes and everyone's using, you know, unkitted AKs and Vepers and whatever they can get their hands on and oftentimes not using big distance scopes. So it changes, right? I think, I don't know, maybe I'm alone in this, but it's like, I feel like it went from being a easy to learn kind of fun PvP map to one of the hardest maps to play on. And again, like you, I'm not salty about it. It's just something that I notice as it progresses. And I don't know that it's good for the map. And I, I'm hoping the expansion fixes that because I don't know, my, my perception is that people at this point just don't like playing on woods unless it's like your main map and you know it really well or you know the sniper spots. So I don't know. I, I don't Maybe we're alone on this. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think so, but let's say we are. Well, then my hope is that they've reworked the tasks so at least you and I can do those tasks easier in the next wipe. Because not only does the map need to be bigger, there needs to be one, if not two more lanes, really, to make the map, I think, effective in the game. The tasks that you do on Woods from Jaeger are, you know, they're difficult, but they're also just kind of uh, putsy and kind of annoying to get done you know killing scabs without armor on and those kinds of things are are just really very very difficult to do at this point in the wipe so unless you really can push fast so unless you can really push far quickly in the early part of the wipe those are going to be very difficult for most players to get done i still think you could have something like that in the task system in the design of the tasks but it needs to be spread out more and woods itself just needs to be bigger so that people have an opportunity to actually get that stuff done, you know, without having to worry about having to go through one choke point that a bunch of high time players just farm. Well, and you said it there when you say high time players. And I think the biggest threat that woods has to new players or low time players or whatever it is, is that if this game goes persistent in some form, Woods is probably one of the biggest roadblocks in its current form. And that's why I'm really hopeful to see it get 
some additional rotatability. Like that's, I don't think it needs two lanes. I think it needs one more lane. I think it's okay to have a sniping and long range map, but I think you have to have options other than run through the area where the scav boss is in or through this tight little corridor of wooded area that has insane high ground and big rocks on either end that allow snipers to have great, you know, angles down and in. So I really, really hope that they fix it because in a persistent world, you're going to have people that, you know, low time players and high time players. Ultimately, you're going to have skilled players in both camps get really good at this map so that in a persistent world, if someone new comes into that or comes back to the game or whatever, in its current form, Woods is just going to be brutal. It already is at this point in the wipe and persistence would make this one even worse. I agree, and I do think that there is a lot of potential, though. Just like they did with Customs, when they opened up basically a third and arguably a fourth rotation lane through the center of the map, Customs is just great. Customs is in a great spot, and it's fun. It's it You get into some crazy battles, and it's fun. And if you just want to go there and loot, there's loot places, and... They just need to do the same thing with Woods. I think that players have figured out how to play Woods, and Woods is a relatively simple and small map. And I think players have figured out that the two open areas on each end are easy to snipe through, and the middle is where all the cheeky spots are. And so it's just kind of easy to mitigate if you play it all the time, if it's your jam, right? You know, you just, you can really be good at Woods. And there's a way they can make it fun for everybody by kind of blowing up kind of the meta of how to play woods and just make the map bigger. And then I really honestly think it could be a great map. And I think a lot of times woods gets compared to shoreline, right? Those are kind of the big wooded maps and people talking about as being open area combat or this kind of more free roaming uh, kind of play style. And I actually don't see it that way. I think there's pretty big differences between woods and shoreline and how combat plays out. But I I do think it's worth talking about like maybe our approaches to open area combat and maybe even specifically the differences on those two maps because shoreline is one of your favorite maps, if not your favorite map. And it's, it's not exactly a favorite of mine, but I have way more success on shoreline and I I don't think these maps are very similar in terms of how they're laid out or how I approach like open area combat. The big difference is the shoreline has topography differences that make it more conducive for being able to get through the map. Woods is a big open flat area on two ends of it that if you have a thermal, you just stand in even the slightest elevated position and you just shoot everything that goes through. And you can't do that on Shoreline because Shoreline has plenty of dips to hide in to use the terrain to your advantage. There's plenty of rocks on each side of the map. There's old cabins. There's stuff that you can use to move throughout the map in a covert way if you want to. Or you can go into some of the more open areas and seek out PvP or scavs. And then with Shoreline, it funnels you basically of one of four places to cross the river in the middle of the map too. So there's always that, but there's four places is my point. You know, there's four different ways and basically snipers aren't going to be covering every single way. I think Shoreline's map design is much, much, much better. Shoreline has its problems, don't get me wrong. I think that the swamp area in Shoreline is kind of worthless. It needs to be redesigned so it can be more effectively used. 
But I think the middle of shoreline, the power station, the gas station, the pier area, and the southern part of resort, just that progression areas. And if you're progressing either from Villa to Road to Customs to Exville, or you're progressing from the weather station through the power station to the tunnel to Exville or somewhere on the west side, the map is so well designed that there are plenty of opportunities to get into it, and there's plenty of opportunities to get through it if you need to as well. And I just think that that is a huge, huge discrepancy that Woods has right now. There just isn't that in Woods. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think you hit on kind of the key differences on the maps there. And I was going to kind of dig more into that. But I think what I'd rather do is talk about the strategy about engagements in the open. And I think I want to start with kind of your strategy when you get shot in the open on shoreline and see if there's a transferable skill or if there's something we need to work on on woods. Because ultimately, that's what I'm trying to figure out is like, how can I play woods better? Is there a way to learn it at this point in the wipe? Because right now it just doesn't go that well, (laughs) you know? So will you break that down? Like if you get shot out out in the open in shoreline somewhere, what do you do? Well, I think map knowledge is key. And I don't have the same level of map knowledge for woods that I have of shoreline. So I'll say that going in. But on shoreline, when I get shot at out in the open, I immediately think, where am I as far as relation to the map? In my mind, I break shoreline down into four quadrants. And I've talked about this before on the show. I've talked about the four quadrants uh, in the past on the show and how I use the four quadrants to come up with my strategy for how I'm going to get through that raid. Now, if I get shot at out in the open, say a common area to get shot at in shoreline is on the way to the tunnel extract from the villa area. That's a very common area. There's usually a PMC thinking that they can exfil camp shooting down at people trying to make it to the tunnel extract. And the thing is about shoreline that I haven't figured out yet on woods is I can always run when I'm getting shot at to a place where the topography gives me some cover. And one of the most frustrating things on woods is that it seems like you can't do that. It seems like if you're out in the middle of the field by Scav House on the east side of woods, you aren't going to find a spot. You're you're going to run and you're just out in the field and there if the guy has bad aim who's taking pot shots at you, that's one thing, but I haven't found a way to use the topography of the map effectively as cover. And in shoreline, I pretty much always have a spot to break line of sight to someone sniping at me if they're even remotely, you know, far away. I mean, it doesn't, it, it could be like 100 meters or less and still have that happen. And if you're closer than that, I would consider it to be more of a close quarters PvP situation that's developing. But that's the biggest thing that I'm struggling with on Woods is trying to figure out how to use the map to break line of sight and figure out a way to reset the fight, right? It's not that I'm trying to avoid the fight, but when you're getting shot at, you don't know where it's coming from. You have to figure out a way to even the playing field. You have to figure out a way to get to the point where you're not totally defensive. Yeah, I think that's my biggest challenge on Woods, and that defensive piece is huge. If I get shot at on Woods and I know where it's coming from, or I don't, Sometimes I can find cover, but oftentimes it's like, okay, from here I can heal up and then I'm either running this direction kind of in the open or in another direction kind of in the open. And like 
I'm thinking about that area on Scav House, right? So if the person who spawned closer to the beach is shooting at me on Scav House wall, if they hit me or pin me down there, I either have to run left or right along the wall, and it's all very flat there. Now, and again, there's there's some dips, there's some little spots, but if the enemy closes the distance there, you don't have a lot of options. And as I was thinking about this, it makes me wonder if I've played too passively. Like, I wonder if I need to take more fights on woods, because at least in the in the mid range, you know, and, and I'm just working through this for me because I'm just not that great at the map. And, you know, if someone's closing in on me in that scenario, oftentimes I've tried to like run up the wall or find cover, get to the bunker so that I can have some cover if I went to the right as you were looking at Scav House or run through outskirts on the left. But oftentimes I get sniped down or shot just because of those sniper angles like you talked about. If they have any kind of elevation, they can see everything I'm doing. It just makes me wonder what the right approach there is, because it feels like no matter where I go or what I do, I can be seen. I don't know if it's just I, I get myself in bad situations because of map knowledge, or if I need to be more actively looking to shoot back, because as I was thinking about it, it's like if they're closing the angle, which is probably the best thing to do in those scenarios, unless they have a sniper vantage point, in which case I just need to learn where to look for those. But if they shot me and I prone out and have some cover and then the enemies coming in, well, they're putting themselves into a very open area and exposing themselves to not having cover as well. And I think that's probably something I need to work on. I'm not necessarily sure exactly what to do as far <laughs> as far as the sniper spots, you know, but I tend to run from fights on woods or try to run to cover and it doesn't work very well. And, you know, I, I guess as I think about the kind of the dips and the divots and all of that kind of stuff. Woods does have a lot of that. And interestingly, there's a bunch of spots where if you're prone or crouched, you can actually get in a like cover from all angles scenario where you can't really be seen from anywhere. But when you leave that section, you can be seen from all over the place. As you were talking about the defensive position, oftentimes I don't even take a defensive position. I kind of take a run to cover and change up the scenario because that's sort of my strategy on shoreline or other maps like interchange where I get caught. There just seems to be more above ground cover, whereas most of the cover on woods is in the ground, like a divot or a hole or a ravine or a defilade. And maybe I need to take a more defensive stance and try to find who's shooting at me because I, I really don't do that. That's what I do on shoreline. And sometimes it works, of course, sometimes it doesn't. But I have had a lot of luck on shoreline when I'm getting shot at from a distance, I can break line of sight and then I can work my way back in that direction on my terms and try to figure out where they were. There are a couple of cheeky places that you can hide on shoreline and you can really see a lot of the map and snipe. And those places, I think the reason why shoreline is so well designed is that those places have fairly effective counters to them as well. You can you can throw a grenade up there. You can still shoot at it from two or four angles. And I just like the design of the map that allows you to have a defensible position to be on the offense, but yet is not impenetrable by someone coming to attack you. So it's not like you can camp. You still have to worry about a threat, but you are in a spot where if you get the heads up, if you see somebody first, you have a position of advantage. And I just think that that's good map design. Woods, to me, is full of people standing on rocks 
with thermals shooting, and I just have no idea where they are. And again, if I had more map knowledge, it would be easier, I'm sure. However, I think that the design and how flat Woods is, once you get any kind of vertical advantage, you're almost in the, uh, you know, the overwatch position, as it were, and you're going to be able to mitigate a lot of the terrain features in Woods itself. And I guess one of the things that I hadn't (laughs) hadn't really considered, and I guess I'd have a question for people who play a lot of Woods or really enjoy that map, is do you snipe? Like, like, how does it go? Like, are are you a high percentage X filling? Like, are you winning a lot and getting out? Or is sniping kind of a death trap? Is it more of a thermal map? Like, I would love to hear people's strategies for having good success on woods, you know, whether it's killing PMCs or Sherman or whatever it is. As I think about it, like, there are sniping spots, and I'm aware of them. I'm not necessarily good at checking them. I don't know the best angles to check them. But as I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, if you're a sniper on woods, there's probably other good snipers on woods, and they probably get really good at clearing each other out. So I'm wondering how effective the sniping is. Like, I can tell you this, it's effective against me because I've died a lot to long-range shots on woods. But I wonder if there's other strats that are more effective that, you know, if if you're a woods player, I'd, I'd love to hear from you on this because I'm just super interested about woods tactics. And you know, as we're breaking this down and, and kind of figuring out what we can get better at, it would be cool to hear the opposite side of like, hey, I'm really good at woods. I like woods. And here's what I do. Because reverse engineering that is is often a way that I'll go do it is, you know, watch someone who plays woods or some guide videos and stuff like that. And admittedly, I, I haven't done that in this case, because I really only go to woods to do tasks. And some of the ones that if I choose to go for Kappa at this point in the wipe, I think would require a tremendous amount of time investment to get them done. So that's really what I'm weighing right now as it relates to this this map. Yeah, it's just at a rough spot. If you choose to go for Kappa, you really need to push the woods tasks, I think, really early, as quickly as you can before it turns into what it is now. And like you said, if you're out there and you play woods, help us. <laughs> what are we doing wrong? <laughs> We'd love to have a conversation about it. Uh, an episode feedback. Why am I dying on woods? Let's let's start a campaign to help Ronald live. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And and it, it makes me wonder, right? It makes me wonder if BSG intentionally designed woods to be like a counter meta map, right? And, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong, like I said, to have a sniper map in there or a long range map. It just feels like there aren't options, but maybe this is a map knowledge thing because I felt the same way on Shoreline for a long time, but after playing with you the last few weeks, and then um, I did some resort runs with some folks, and I I just feel a lot more comfortable on that map now, and I sort of had the same feeling like, ah, I always get shot, and I don't know where they're at, And, and now I don't feel that way. So it may be a playtime thing, you know, you can bash me as a noob or whatever you want to call me for not knowing woods, but I don't know it and I want to learn it and get better at it. But one of the things that I try to do on woods and I don't find it working that well, but it works well on like every other map is having cleared sections, right? Like I find it critical to like know that I've cleared a section cleared the ways that would move into that section so that I can kind of like set timers in my mind. So like, you know, if I'm on interchange and I cleared the back hall of Ollie, you know, I know where people can get to that from. 
and I'll check like the back of Goshen and see if anybody's running towards me or check the ramps heading towards the Emercom exit. And if I didn't see anybody there in my mind, it's like, okay, well, it would probably take someone 20 seconds to run that back hallway or 15 seconds to wrap up that ramp. So I can reasonably create distance between me and a threat that would come up behind me. And on Woods, I don't find flanking threats to be that big of a deal. It's more threats that you're walking into and and choke points that you're walking into versus people coming up behind you. So the, the cleared area tactic or the cleared sections tactic that I use on almost every other map isn't helping me as much on Woods as I would like it to. Again, it makes me wonder about the development and it would be cool if we could hear on that. Uh, but we don't really have a communication line to find that out. But again, if if that's an intentional thing, that's kind of cool. It just sucks for me. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really know what to say when it comes to getting better on woods, other than I have a feeling that if I played it more and pushed through the pain of getting better at it, I probably would get marginally better. I think you're onto something with the way that you clear woods, and I've played with you where I've watched you do that. So I think there's value in that. To a certain extent, I do that with Shoreline. In the back of my mind, I know basically by how much time is left in the raid and where I am on the map, I can kind of tell where the PMCs are or what they're trying to do. And most of the time, I'd say at least 80-85% of the time, I'm pretty much spot on. And that allows me to get the jump on a lot of people because it's just a map knowledge thing. You if you go 30 degrees off of the regular lanes that people take right you you can farm those lanes and if i had that level of knowledge for woods i imagine the map would be quite a different experience i'm not sure that i enjoy playing it enough to get that level of knowledge i'm just being honest <laughs> in its current form i i i just don't like it. it it's boring to me because it really only it's it's a very linear thing there's there's not a lot of variation in the way that it's played and so i am really hopeful and excited for the woods expansion remaster whatever you want to call it i think that it's a good base of a good map and with some tweaking and some love from bsg it could turn into something that i probably will enjoy playing yeah i agree and and this is all making me think back to the first wipe i was in my mid 20s level wise. And I just had this thought of factory sucks. <laughs> like I had died so many times. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what was happening. And at the end of the day, what I decided was I want to figure out factory. And so I went through the meat grinder. And I think that's part of what I'm running into here is like, it just what sucks right now, man. And I just don't necessarily want to go through the meat grinder again. And you kind of hit it on the head there in that the woods expansion is going to take me into woods anyway to explore that and see what they've done and see how it plays. And I hope like the customs rework, it really drives me to learn that map because the customs rework really got me back on the map and checking things out where to go, how to get to things, what were the new paths. And it caused me to really firm up my knowledge on old customs and then have a working knowledge of new customs. But it makes me feel really comfortable on the map. And I look forward to that on Woods because 
If that doesn't happen, it really means for me that I have to go to the meat grinder again. And I'm just not excited for that. And for my personal play style, the meat grinder that I'm most interested in is probably labs. But even that I'm not quite ready to jump into yet. So it's going to be really cool to see what they do on woods with this expansion. And it just it sort of leaves me excited because the customs rework is some of the best map redesign I've experienced in gaming where a existing map was added to a redone. I think they did a phenomenal job on customs. I'm, I'm just hoping for the same thing here. There's a great balance on customs of cover and still positions where you can clear that cover and loot inside of the different buildings. That balance is just very, very well done with the customs expansion. If they can do something like that to Woods, I think Woods is going to be fun to play. I really do. It's just right now it's not. And I think that's the reason why they're expanding it and why it's getting reworked, because I think they recognize that it's not super fun to play. And on some levels, probably isn't getting played. I mean, gaming companies have lots of metrics on how we do things. And I would guess that Woods is probably not in the top map played in Tarkov at this point. No, I and I, I wonder, I actually really wonder what the stats are from beginning of the white to the end. And you'd probably have to put a qualifier on there. Like, you know, how many people are playing woods and not getting task progression in the beginning of the wipe? Because I did that a lot where I wasn't getting task progression. I just found the PVP and the looting and, and going after Sherman when there wasn't a bunch of people running thermals and long range scopes. It was so fun. It was crazy getting in, in fights at medium distance with bad guns. Like It was hilarious. It was great. And so you're right. I think they probably know. I think that's probably the reason it was targeted. And I just, I really hope it, it, it gets a good touch because I think it's, it, does, it wouldn't take a whole lot to make Woods a very played map. And that would be awesome because there's already high tier loot. You know, the lumber mill presents a high tier loot. I think if there was another lane and maybe not a full lane, but just something else that was kind of opposite of the lumber mill that took some attention away from that middle choke point and there was a reason to go there to get loot and stuff, I think it could be just absolutely great. So I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to, you know, work on my open area combat. I'm going to think about the stuff we talked about and it'll be fun to report back as we venture more into woods and try to get better at it. But yeah, I guess I guess that's really uh, that's what I had to talk about on Woods. Yeah, absolutely. I pretty much am there too. But we want to ask you, just like we had last week, we talked about how fun it is to read people's stories about what they're doing in game. What is your best open area map story? So this week we want to talk about Woods or maybe in the open areas of Customs or Shoreline or whatever, but out in the open, what kind of funny and crazy and weird things have happened to you playing Tarkov? Let's get that in episode feedback. Let's get the conversation started and have a good time talking about that. You can also leave that in the comments in YouTube as well. But besides that, I'm starting to see that green bar flash, which means that we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do, we want to say thank you, as always, but thank you very much to everyone who has supported the show. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed on Patreon. It's amazing to us that we're getting many, many Patreons now, and we just want to say thank you very much. The 
the subscription and the support with all the different ways that you can support the Xville is making this hobby podcast of ours turn into something that is just beyond what we ever thought it could be. We want to say thank you for that. A reminder to all of our friends who listen to the audio-only version of the show, we would ask that you leave uh, feedback or comment on whatever the platform supports. If you listen on Apple or Google or Stitcher or Deezer or Spotify, like, follow, whatever it takes, just leave positive feedback. It helps those platforms spread the show to more people, which just makes our community that much bigger and that much more awesome. And of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, on youtube.com slash xpmedianow. Please leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and smash the like button, as well as subscribe to the channel for regular updates for the Tarkov series, as well as PUBG and many other things that we have going on. But that's about it for this week, so good luck with all of your raids. I hope you have a great week, and we look forward to catching up with you in Discord. See you guys. Thank you. See ya.